Hi there. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Taste with Sherry, where we're saving the earth one flavor at a time by gathering community to share wisdom around the natural connections between our innate sense of taste and flavors that are grown in healthy regenerative soils. Welcome. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Taste with Sherry, saving the earth one flavor at a time. I'm your host, Sherry Hess, and I'm super excited to have my first guest of the year. And it's so perfectly timed. Springtime, we're getting a little bit of a tease of warm weather here in Colorado. And everybody's thinking about gardening and planting seeds and all the things that we've been kind of... uh, shall we say, steeping on over the winter. So I'm super excited to introduce to you Katrina Kocheski, and she is the founder of The Grateful Garden. Katrina, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. I'm so pleased to have this conversation with you today. Oh my God, I'm so excited to have you. So Okay, so all of you that have been listening to me, you know by now that the power of flavor shows up when we have the most life in our soils, which translates into the most life and flavor in our food, right? So what can be more powerful and more flavorful than having the food grown in your own yard, right? Right in your property, outside your door, grabbing something to take it to the kitchen and creating it. Um, You can't get more flavorful than that, right? And we've talked about garden tomatoes and how they compare to grocery store tomatoes and the flavor doesn't even come close. And, you know, I feel like people have this, you know, even if you don't have a backyard garden, you know, maybe you've bought something from a farmer's market or you've likely had the experience of tasting the difference between these, right? So this correlation between flavor and nutrients is where I think we miss the boat. We can say, oh yeah, that tomato definitely tastes better, but we're still calling them both a tomato, right? We're like, oh, here's a tomato and here's a tomato, but they're so different, right? In nutrients and in flavor. So I think that, um, you know, what you're doing, especially here in Colorado, where soils are not really easy to grow in, is super powerful. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background? How did you get started? Oh, and BTW, we're both Jersey girls, and Jersey is the garden state. <laughs> so I love that that's our foundation. So share, share a little bit of your story with us. Sherry, thank you so much. I'm just so absolutely pleased. Uh, You know, what they say about us Jersey girls are true, you know, a little bit, a little bit fiery, a little bit feisty, maybe a little bit less filter than some people. So I apologize in advance. Um, My story, you know, it's really fun. Um, I love a great origin story and, you know, it's never just one thing, right? So um, I actually, my pop pop had a farm in New Jersey and, and, it was just really fun to have that foundation growing up. Um, we lived with him for a few years and then in our own home, we had a garden and I grew up with that. And then as you do, when you get older and you go to college, you just, you know, you branch out and you do all these different things and, and try to be a completely different person than who you grew up as. And it's really fun how things kind of come back full circle. And so when I uh, became a you know, homeowner in Denver, Colorado, I think, gosh, 12, 13 years ago now. That's exactly when I moved here. Oh, fantastic. See, (laughs) we migrated together. Um, I really enjoyed the idea of literally putting roots down into my own 
piece of earth, my own patch of soil, um, and growing something. And that was really my first, my first investment in my home was my, um, my raised bed kitchen garden and my compost system. And, um, there's just something so ancient about growing your own food in the place that you live. And, you know, I'd love to, you know, just really talk about how that morphed into, you know, me coming to where I am today, where I get to be your garden coach. I get to teach you how to grow food. I get to help you through this growing curve that you're going to have. And what's really interesting to me is that like, I, I became the person that I wish younger me had access to, you know, um, I became that person that, you know, you can, you can go to when you have these questions because Colorado, gosh, Oh my gosh, it's so different than the garden state. We're, it a, is. we're a desert. We don't actually have soil. We have clay. It's too sunny and too hot and then yeah. too cold. I mean, it's just, it's a whole thing. So um, I'm really pleased that I get to, you know, share my passion with everyone about it. Well, I think it's fantastic. And you're right. Like, you know, a lot of people might not realize if you don't live here, you really don't have this idea of the challenges that you have as a gardening, as a gardener here, you know, we have a fairly short growing season. Hail is a real thing. Almost every single growing season, right? Like there's so much, um, but even just starting with the soil, like that is a, that's a really complex thing, you know, and um, I've lived in two homes since I've been here in Colorado. So, and I've had gardens at both homes and Um, you know, it takes work. It takes work if you want to do it on your own to really build the soil to give you the healthy, strong, flavorful plants. And, um, you know, there's, I think there's been this, this growing desire for people through the pandemic, right? When we start witnessing food scarcity, when you walk in and you're like, why is there no produce here? Is it COVID? Is it trucks? Is it like, there's so many things we're just questioning. And at the same time, you know, there's, there is power. Like when I really think about it, I don't really let food scarcity around the pandemic, at least become something that I think is too real because we can, right. We can all make efforts to grow food. And at the same time, it's not always easy. It's not always like you just throw seeds, like in New Jersey, like I literally wrote about this. You can just throw a seed in the ground and it'll grow. We don't have irrigation in New Jersey. We have rain, right? Like there's so many things. The soil is much more rich just to start with in New Jersey. Yeah. So here in Colorado, it's it's a little bit more of a challenge and yet it's still an accessible thing, right? Yeah. Like it's, and it's, you know, I always say this, this whole idea of flavor, being our guide for nutrition, you know, again, just even if you just grew culinary herbs, right? Like the difference in what that flavor can bring to your dish versus, <laughs> oh, bless you, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I so love what you're doing. Um, so tell me a little bit about your thoughts as a gardener, as someone who is helping as a consultant, right? Seeing the challenge of, of what people face when they're, when they're gardening. Um, do you have any stories around flavor? Like anybody, any of your clients or your own stories or client stories that have really shown up in the realm of flavor with what, what you're helping them with? 
Yeah. So I would absolutely love um, to talk about that. You know, the conversation about flavor is just my favorite part about growing your own food. Um, a lot of the people that I meet, they aren't people who are already gardening or have even thought about it. There, there a lot of times they're actually people who like, just even tell me, um, not only do I kill every plant that I've gotten, um, but I don't even like fruits or vegetables, you know, like they're just not good. Right. Like, like I don't crave a salad. I don't put tomatoes. Tomatoes are gross. And I'm just like, you know, that's like saying, I mean, it's, it's like saying that, like, you just haven't experienced it yet. That's what that tells me that you haven't experienced um, something that comes straight from a farm and the flavor that comes from when you have your own environment in your own yard and you have that perfect soil. Um, we do raised bed kitchen gardening in my company because then we can really control that soil health and the clay doesn't just eat up all the nutrients and quicksand it all away. Right. So we really focus on the fact that the system that we create is kind of like a, you know, plug and play for you. You just get to harvest these delicious foods. And all of a sudden you're going to say like, oh my gosh, like I didn't like anything that wasn't brown and yellow, but now I'm adding this, you know, green, um, you know, and the spinach actually has flavor in my salad is just so amazing. And it's when you go to those higher end restaurants, when you go to those places and you have this just like gorgeous, like beet salad with all these things, um, you know, that flavor is because they're most likely, you know, sourcing it from local farms and, and having these just really high quality products that we're not getting, we're not getting the generic stuff in stores and even your organic and locally grown things, they still have to be an agriculture version of the food, which means it has to be, um, you know, able to withstand the trucking and the shelf life. And then for you to then bring it home and let it sit in your fridge for two weeks before you throw out your salad. Right. Um, and so being able to just pick pieces from your garden fresh the day that you pick it is the day that it's going to have the most flavor, the most nutrition. It's the most alive when you're eating a plant that is the most alive. It's going to have so much more of all of that. Right. And you just aren't going to get that from something that you buy from even, you know, a fantastic, you know, store in your community that may be sourcing these things because it still has been a couple of days old. Right. right. And right. so that's why that kitchen garden part is great. So, you know, my clients, we, we start off small, we start off where you're at, we start off with what you already like, but then we're going to, you know, as you continue to grow your skills and your confidence as a gardener, because, you know, Grateful Garden LLC, we grow gardeners, not just gardens. I love that. Because <laughs> we need, we need, we need to be seated. We need to be nurtured. We need to be fed and watered and loved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, That's awesome. And so, so when you get that, that freshest of the fresh and that crispiest of the crisp, and you realize that, you know, your salad's not supposed to be limp. It's supposed to be full of just this vibrancy, this color, this flavor, this, this stuff, you know, it's, um, I think it's what people are surprised most about. You know, the thing I hear is like, I didn't think I liked X. Right. Then I grew it. 
Right. Great. Oh, that's such a perfect, perfect flavor story because that's the truth, right? And, um, you know, part of what I love, I love your focus. I love your focus on raised beds in Colorado because that makes, you're setting them up for success by bringing in all the healthy soils from the get-go, right? And I love that you're focused on the culinary aspect, right? You're not a landscaper. You're not like, you know, you're not trying to do what everyone else in Colorado tries to do as far as landscaping and, you know, figuring out how to grow the greenest grass. Like we're, I think we're, we're maturing around that concept, right? And really recognizing, you know, if we're going to be watering things here in Colorado and using the very limited and less and less water that we have, it should be food, right? Not yes. green grass. Food and not so I, I love that you can, you know, you're kind of contributing to that. And, and, you know, I, at one point we were having a conversation and I mentioned backyard garden and you were like, not just backyard, backyard or front yard, like if an HOA allows it. And I feel like those conversations are really important to be having, you know, around the conservation of water as well, because um, that's another thing. That's a really, really important thing. But, you know, as far as your clients recognizing this flavor and having these ahas, it's so powerful. And, you know, what I love about that, and I love, this is the thread of what I always talk about is, you know, our innate ability to detect nutrition. We are born with a tool to detect nutrition. What is that tool, Sherry? That tool is your taste buds, your senses, your sense of smell and your taste working together, right? So, and the whole purpose of being a, a living, existing human on the planet is to work in conjunction with the planet and to feed and fuel each other. And, you know, and as humans, yes, we're, we're growing food and consuming the food, but then, you know, to keep the soils rich, we're putting the waste and the dead products back into it and we're composting and creating this life cycle. So our taste buds are really there to connect us to the planet. Like it is why we have them, right? So what you're doing is, is, enlightening people to that right yeah absolutely and I I just we could I'm sure talk about this for hours and hours and hours because there's so many things that you say that just light up a fire inside of me connecting us to the planet right that connection is so incredibly important to me because food is and can be so it's ancient, it's spiritual. It's, it's, it's this thing where when you connect to it, when you connect to your source of food, but when you also share that with your family and your friends and you have that fellowship around food, it's just so powerful. So I'd love to ask you, Sherry, what is a memory you have a younger you memory in one of your first gardens, um, about a food that you like to eat? Oh, I love that question. It takes me immediately to, we had a giant, like a really big, garden in our backyard in New Jersey. My dad was a farmer and um, not at the time, but in his younger years, he was a farmer, but we had this giant garden and we had carrots and tomatoes and green beans and onions. And, but one of my fondest memories is actually the carrots. The carrots were huge. Again, we just threw seeds in the garden, right? There was no, I, I mean, maybe there was fertilizer as a young kid, I don't remember, but it was, it was the soil of New Jersey, right? And we had giant carrots and like my dog would dig them up and eat them like a bone. And I'm always like, I think back to that. I'm like, you know, there, there's, there's gotta be some kind of an innate, you know, message in him too. Like, this is really good. I'm going to chew on this carrot. 
we had um so carrots is one rhubarb is another it was this weird plant that would come back every year and it was kind of pink and green and leafy and but it was super sour and i was this is weird it's like sour celery right that was another thing that you just i don't see rhubarb a lot except for friends that i know that garden right um another one was the mulberry tree like it was the tree that we had our fort in and the mulberries would fall right and they were really just kind of messy but god i wish i had a mulberry tree now <laughs> like things yeah. that you take for granted right um so there's there's lots of really cool we had canned everything like we canned tomatoes right so i remember my basement had we had jars and jars of stewed tomatoes you know and again as a kid ew stewed tomatoes right. <laughs> but you know, this is the food that we took for granted and has been, and the stuff that has changed so much. I actually just wrote a little piece yesterday, just a little piece on my own, um, for my own sake. Sometimes it's just writing is my therapy. And um, I recognize that, you know, something that's happening in, in this day and age for people like that maybe have children and they're trying to feed their children broccoli or cauliflower or lettuce from the grocery store right because right. this is where most of us have access is the grocery store and this is where right. we go and in our minds we know vegetables are good for our kids and the kids are like you know not interested you have to put ranch on it to get them to eat it and i started thinking you know as much as food has changed just in our generation i don't know how old you are but like in the last four decades right like Food has changed a lot and the yeah. food is not as flavorful. It's when commercial agriculture has affected our soils. It's it's like you said, you know, now food is grown for yield and shelf life and all these things and flavor and nutrition are not a priority yep. because it creates a more fragile thing, right? Well, yep. the more fragile it is, the more delicious and nutritious it is. But my point is there's no there's no frame of reference to remember. If you haven't experienced it, you can't teach a kid that a carrot used to taste like this. Right. There's no taste history. Right? There's no way to like go taste what a tomato used to taste like. And that's really sad. And that's it, it kind of created this this huge impetus for me to be like, OK, like we almost need to bring it back as this revelation yes. to, to current generations. You know, that this is what food is supposed to taste yeah. like because it's, we've gotten so far from it, right? Yeah. And so I, what I love about what I do is these stories, especially around, you know, the children, because, um, you know, what, what we offer isn't just, you know, designing and installing your awesome gardens. It's, it's also coaching you through that. Or if you already have a garden coaching you through that. And, and so one of my coaching clients, you know, when she was trying to explain to her partner, like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to build these gardens and it's going to be great. And the partner was like, but we don't eat vegetables and it's gross and our kids aren't going to eat them. And like, why would we do that? The oh. day that their children ran out to the garden and picked food off of it and instinctively ate it and went back for more was the day that he was sold on it too. You know, it's because we are there's a knowing inside of us, even as children. And it's so funny because they are little sponges with no filter. Right. And they, and they, and they call a spade a spade and, and you can't, you can't unteach them to like, not, you know, be that filter in that first, you know, at three and four and five years old. Um, it's only as they get older, they start closing that part off of themselves. And right. so when you see these three and four and five-year-olds, like just 
like going through the garden and eating all these fresh foods that they are letting that flavor lead them. They're not letting like, you know, some sort of commercial or TV show or marketing lead them. Right. They're not being marketed to, to like eat these vegetables. They're just, there's that knowing. And so that to me is just like, it just blows people's minds when they're like, oh my gosh, my kids just willingly eat these. Like, yeah, because it tastes good. I love that. I so love that. And you know, part of, part of exposing kids to these, these fresh grown vegetables too. And I love, you know, I'm all on board with teaching kids, putting them in, put seeds, right. Grow the seeds. I remember as a kid, like putting green bean seeds in a, in a like clear plastic cup and you could see the roots forming and see the sprouts. Like that's really, really powerful for kids. But, you know, the other part that I love about that is that, you know, by exposing them to these flavors, to exposing them to, to real flavors that are grown and raised right in their backyard, you know, they're getting that wider variety of salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami as it's being grown into it, right? So their, their taste buds are able to experience more variety, you know, maybe a little bit more bitter than they would, but, but when it's grown with the bitter along with everything else, it's more palatable, right? And that's part right. of what this live event that I'm going to be doing, you know, this weekend is, is really to kind of re-engage people back into recognizing these categories of flavor and the nutrients that should be behind it. So what's interesting to me and what other people don't even recognize really is, you know, how soil and conditions in the garden really affect flavor, right? Um, And I know you have a little bit of a story around kale and the flavor of kale. So share with us a little bit about that. Like what happens in a garden that can change the flavor profile and hence the nutrient qualities. And so this this brings up a really big conversation about the prejudice we have around foods, right? Mm -hmm. So, So first off, we automatically think like, ill veggies right because if if your flavor story if you were never exposed to growing your own food and if your flavor story is only a supermarket shelf flavor um you're not going to have these you know um profiles for you in your memory to go back to and how something's supposed to taste and so um one of the other prejudices about foods we have is that we go and we look for the most perfect food, right? Because we were taught by agriculture that it needed to be the exact right shape of, you know, apple to fit into this container. And so one of the things that I love about, let's talk about kale, especially is that, um, let's say you're growing it and it gets attacked by something that eats it in and it puts some little holes in it. And your prejudice is to think like, oh, that has been damaged. Like that is gross. I don't want to eat that. Something else already started eating that. I I'm going to toss that out. Right. Or, or hopefully um, if you are in my realm, you know, we're going to be composting that, but really I'm encouraging people that the holier the kale is that the more antioxidants it's going to provide because these plants, they have this system inside of them to, to protect themselves, to, to repel these bugs and pests, right? And that, and that, that repelling is releasing all of these, you know, pheromones and hormones and tannins and, and antioxidants, and, and they're changing that, the, the plant itself is changing its own flavor profile to repel that animal or that pest 
from continuing to eat it so that it can survive. And so when you see that in your garden, I totally encourage you to just wash it off and eat it because that's giving you so many more nutrients, um, (laughs) so many more profiles than you could ever even imagine because, um, you know, people and plants, we grow with adversity, right? Yeah. We we become stronger with adversity and, and plants are the exact same way and, and they become more rich and more dense in these nutrients. And, um, you know, if it ends up, you know, if, if you are like, Ooh, but that's like a little too bitter for me or whatever, like throw it in your smoothie with fruits and like really get the benefit of all of that, because it's just, it's just so powerful that that plant repelled this pest. It released all these things that made it better for us, better for it. Or medicine. Yeah. Right. It's medicine for the plant. It's medicine for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I so love everything about that. And I love that you also added, you know, if you don't want to eat it straight up, throw it in a smoothie, because what that speaks to is how we can, you know, continue to learn how the other categories of flavor can help bitter be more palatable, right? So we still get the benefits, but we're throwing in some fruit, we're throwing in some other living flavors that will, you know, bring in some other elements of nutrition and also help to, you know, kind of ease the bitterness of, of that power, that power packed antioxidants and tannins, which, you know, show up as bitter flavors. I swear bitter flavors is the answer to all of our health problems. And it's, it's, it's really, really, um, it's important to know that. And I love, you know, the idea of insects creating the plant. Like there's so much wisdom in nature, right? So much wisdom in nature that we will probably never fully comprehend, um, in our lifetimes. And like, we just need to keep learning from that. So it's such a beautiful thing. Um, I love that story. It's a perfect share. It's a perfect, um, I always say, Ron and I always say, my guests completely justify my existence. And you have done that for me as well. So let's just kind of wrap up here with, tell us exactly what you do, uh, Katrina, because I think that there's a lot of power in, in your offerings, um, especially here in Colorado, where it's not always easy to just, you know, dig up some dirt and throw some seeds in the ground like it was in New Jersey. Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit more about how do you come in, work with the clients, what yeah. your offerings are. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great thing for us to know here. Yeah. Thank you so much for allowing, you know, this space where we can talk about just the things we're passionate about. I, I want to be able to do this with you and with anyone who is interested. So um, again, my name is Katrina. I am the founder of Grateful Garden LLC. And I want to point out that that's a singular Grateful Garden because this is about your garden. This is not about all the gardens. This is for me and you to one-on-one focus on your garden, on what you're going to grow. And so you can find me at gratefulgardenllc.com. And what we really do is we offer two main things. Uh, The first one is you do not have a garden. And so I'm going to come into your space. I'm going to design a garden for you. We're going to do all of the things that's going to set you up for success. If you feel like I've killed every single plant that I've ever, you know, had, I'm going to actually let you know that it's not your fault. It is not your fault that those plants died, that, that, that produce, that, that plant that you bought from a big box retailer that you're trying to grow. It's not your fault. 
those places are not garden places. They are big box retailers selling the same thing all across the country, regardless of season, regardless of soil. And they're so generic. And so what my job really is to do is to set you up for success. We're going to put our garden, um, you know, in a design that works for your space in the right spot to give it the best, you know, ability to live and grow. And we're going to give you, you know, the, the best soil blends and the best practices and the best plants and the best starts and the best of everything so that you can confidently within just a few weeks of our consultation design and installation, um, call yourself a gardener. You're not going to have to wait years and years and years of trial and error. Um, and, yeah, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to, you know, make mistakes, but I'm going to be there coaching you along the way. So my first um, offering is that initial consultation and design. And then the second offering is coaching. So for everyone else, for those of you have um, allowed me to build your gardens and build you up as a gardener, but also for everyone who's on that gardening journey already, and you just feel stuck and you just feel like, you know, you need something else to help level you up. You know, this is the thing is that it's gardening is your hobby, um, but it's, it's my career and my job and my passion. And so I'm going to coach you through absolutely everything that you need uh, to, to make you get to that next level um, and to really inspire you to try something new in your garden that you've never had before. Last year was the first time I got to try ground cherries in my garden. Um, oh, and it's, um, it's a plant that looks like a tomatillo. It's a little tomato and it's yellow. And the first time I put it in my mouth, I almost spit it back out because I was like, what in the heck is this? The flavor is like a pineapple wow. and it's crazy <laughs> and it's flavorful. But then I thought, okay, this is great. And I ended up eating them all one by one. I thought I was going to have enough to make an ice cream or can it or something. And they didn't last that long because it's just <laughs> that flavor and trying something new. You know, I want to be with you throughout your journey, um, for all of that. So you can get a hold of me. Um, I really encourage every single, um, one of you to start with uh, a free consultation call, make sure we're the right fit, make sure that we're going to start this journey together because it's really important for me to make sure that we're connecting yourself to yourself. We're connecting yourself to that literal piece of dirt that's underneath of your feet that you inhabit and that we're connecting you to your community. When you have the abundance in these harvests and, and all this food, you're going to find yourself offering it to a neighbor that you may have lived next to for years and never talked to. And, and that sharing and that community is just really what we're all about building. And so I'm just absolutely pleased, Sherry, to be a part of yours now as well. Oh, I love it. I'm so happy to have you as well. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just a perfect fit. And, you know, I, when I first started this message and really wanted to talk about, you know, the importance of, of, local foods. I mean, I went to, when I went to culinary school, the, the focus was local food, right? And, and, and we have in Colorado, you know, we keep kind of talking about the challenges of growing, but we also have really some amazing regenerative farm, farmland up amazing in like the Boulder farm. areas and stuff. There, there really are some, some really amazing farms here as well. You know, I'd say it's probably a little bit more challenging you know, the, those of us that live in the suburbs and have these houses that are plopped on, on top of this clay land is it's definitely more challenging, right, than, than some of the farmland. So there is, there are some amazing farms and farmers markets in Colorado as well. Um, 
so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, but I think what you're doing and what you're offering is so powerful and, um, you know, we didn't really go into this, but I know based on conversations we've had before, you know, like we're both passionate about, you know, also extending this into the communities that don't have access to it, right? Talking about urban gardening or 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 this this produce share thing, right? There's some organizations out there that are also helping, you know, if you start a garden and all of a sudden you have all this abundance, you, you can't eat all the zucchini. I mean, I think we had 50 zucchinis on one plant last year, right? Like, there are services that will help bring that to these communities that don't have it. And that's part of it too, right? Because there are people that don't even have access to produce, let alone like their grocery store is a 7-Eleven or something, right? So it's something we just need to be aware of, you know, in the bigger picture and, and you know, and in, in the eyes of, you know, a lot of us are privileged to be able to have a lot of the things that we do. So yeah. I know that's a passion for you as well, right? To, to, to kind of share it out into community. And, it's and a huge passion of mine. Experience. Absolutely. And, okay. and you actually brought up something that uh, I'm not even sure we really went over um, before, but the farmer's market aspect. So um, Grateful Garden LLC is managing the Green Valley Ranch Farmer's Market now. And so if you are in Northeast Denver, come on out, say hello. It's going to be on Wednesdays, um, June through August, you know, in the summers. And, you know, if you want to be a part of it, if you want to be a vendor, or if you want to be, you know, um, you know, just a part of our community, I just, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to see you. I'd love to hear your stories. I love it. I love it. What a perfect, what a perfect segue. Thank you so much, Katrina. Yeah. This has been um, my, my guest interviews are always the favorite part of, of what I do, because, you know, I always say I'm not the expert and I love bringing experts in, um, you know, to justify my message <laughs> and to get to know, and to just, you know, build this community around flavor, because it's really, it's been my passion from the beginning. I love meeting people that are, that see the thread of flavor and nutrients and soil and um, and gardening is just such a perfect segue to that. So thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Um, we will be putting links to Grateful Garden LLC under the in the comments, and um, you know you can click on her website, learn more about her, her or learn about Katrina's services, schedule that consultation, um, get it going. Now is the time of year, right? Let's totally get it started. So awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Sherry. Have a good one, everybody.